Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Doghouse on the line. We're coming to you live from National Park following a historic night in the nation's capital. Max Scherzer strikes out 20 batters, ties an MLB record for K's in a nine-inning game. Doghouse just going over the stats real quick here. Uh, he came into the game uh, three and two after seven games, a 4.60 ERA, a 4.79, 15 walks, 46 Ks, a 2.44, 3.16, 4.84 line against, and 43 innings pitched, five Ks from the first seven batters. Uh, we talked before the game about it maybe being a tough matchup for Scherzer with all the right-hand hitters and the way he's been giving up home runs on the fastball. I didn't expect Jose Iglesias to be the one person that tagged him for a home run early in the game that died up at one. Uh, he K's eight of the first 11 he faces, up to 11 Ks after 50 pitches. Uh, 13K, 13 Ks of 20 people, second and third, one out in the seventh, back-to-back Ks for 14 and 15 on the night, 77 pitches uh, on 93 pitches, I should say. Strikes out the side in the eighth, 18 Ks with zero walks, which is probably the craziest thing about the night. Comes back out for the ninth inning and gives up a home run on the first pitch he throws just to make it a one-run game and make it a little scarier. Uh, strikes out Miguel Cabrera, gives up a single by Victor Martinez. He said afterwards that Victor Martinez was happy because he had a three-for-four night against him. But he picks up number 20, strikes out Justin Upton, and then gets the ground out for the last one. He doesn't set the MLB record, but he ties it. Just a fantastic night for Max Scherzer on the mound there. And like I said, he hasn't been particularly great. He said the same thing recently, that he needed this to kind of motivate him facing his former team and his friends. And just a magic night in the nation's capital. No, that's that's remarkable. I, I think this game immediately goes up into the, the top five Nats games that, that, that I've attended. Uh, you know, it, it's this, this is right up there with game four and, and Jay Zim's no-hitter and, you know, opening night at Nats Park. Uh, the, the atmosphere out in the crowd was just electric. And, you know, as, as soon as he got up to, to 16th – because you know, out out in the out of town scoreboard, whenever there's a strikeout, they put up the, the list of K's, and we're sitting there trying to count. You know, and they only put it up there for for you know a few seconds, and we're, we're once it gets past ten, twelve, it's kind of hard to keep up. And we're saying, wait, is, is he at fifteen? Is he at sixteen? Is he tied the record? Does he have a new Nats record? What's going on here? But you know, a, after a while, you know, the the entire stadium is standing on two strikes. Once, once we got up to about 16 or 17 Ks. And it, it, really the only thing I can com- compare it to in terms of, you know, people standing there and, and just cheering for the strikeouts, wanting the pitches to happen, was, uh, was like Strasburg's debut. I mean, it was, it, was, mm-hmm. it was really like that, that same energy in the crowd, which is even more impressive when you think about, you know, sort of what a dreary day it was. And, you know, the ballpark was – wasn't that full. I think the announced attendance was mid thirties and it was probably mid twenties. I want to say, uh, you know, d- decent for a Wednesday night in, in May, but it, I, I think people made up for it in, uh, in quality, what we lacked in quantity there. I'm, I'm probably going to be incredibly hoarse tomorrow, but that was, that was, that was just a, a fantastic game. Wonderful electric set your DVR as people. Masson's going to replay it at uh, at twelve thirty tomorrow, I think. Watch it, see it over and over again. Save it for the winter. 
a quick game, too, just two hours, 38 minutes, an announced crowd of 35,695 on bobblehead night. And you mentioned that Strasburg outing being one of the more electric things I've ever seen, too, for sure. Uh, uh, Scherzer actually said that Strasburg gave him some advice. I'll just read it. It's a somewhat lengthy quote here, but it's worth it. I was kind of missing my location in the early part of the game and to try to find where my fastball was, and I was missing up. But ironically, that was kind of working. I had talked to Strasburg about he hand, how he handled the lineup, and he talked about pitching up in the zone against these guys and how he handled that lineup, and he talked about pitching up in the zone. I wrote that line twice while I was transcribing against and how he had success with that. And, I know that's and he said, I know that's something that I'm capable of doing, and that can be a strength of mine. I've watched these guys for so many years going out there and competing, but when you have that kind of intel – like, hey, you've got somebody telling you how to pitch these guys. You can always have questions of what's going to happen when you face your friends, but when you go out there and actually do it, it's a different experience. And he's talked about his time in Detroit uh, with the pitchers there, kind of sharing intel, like he said, and feeding off one another, learning how to attack different hitters based on what they can tell each other and how important that is for him. So to have Strasburg there, a pitcher every bit as talented as him, if not quite as accomplished just yet, just having him locked up now, too, for the next couple of years, both of these guys at the top of the rotation, it's really going to be something special in the nation's capital. No, I I just hope they keep giving each other advice, and, and maybe we'll you know end up with some incredible, talented, brain-trust pitching duo of death here, you know, dishing mm-hmm. out the double-digit strikeouts every every two out of every five five games here. I uh, I wouldn't mind watching that at all. Uh, it, uh, you know, I, I I'm really just you know I, I pulled up the pitch FX plot just now uh, because I was I was wondering about you know did he get a big zone today? What was going on? And honestly, he was just pounding the zone. Uh, Bill yeah. Miller called a little bit of a wide zone, but the wide strikes those were all for Detroit. You know. Uh, Max was in the zone. Uh, from from up where I was, it, it looked like some people were chasing sliders, you know, that were sort of way outside in a few cases. But I, I think he's he had so many strikes in the zone. He, he threw what, like 95 strikes out of 120 pitches or something like that? He threw 116 that, pitches total, 96 for strikes. That's 23 balls total on the night. That, that, that's just – that's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think the, the Tigers hitters had, had to just be thinking, you know, wherever he throws it, I got a swing. And that, that probably bought him some, some very ridiculous swings and misses. Uh, but I, what, what, what can I say? This, this was just such an extraordinary outing. Uh, I, question, I think the, the fact the fact that he did it on, on such an efficient, relatively efficient pitch count. I mean, it got it kind of up there a little bit at the end, but like, as I mentioned, uh, the first 77 pitches, he threw 62 strikes. So, I mean, he ended up with 23, not too many more uh, balls after that. Uh, his best quote of the post game, probably. Uh, I know we're talking a little trash out there with my teammates, but at the end of the night, it was a special night. Strikeouts are sexy, and to be able to punch out 20 is sexy, and it's also a good argument for PT, P2K being much better than P2C. Yeah, it's it's definitely sexier, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the best part of this is that you can do P2K without without – having to go too far out of the zone because that 20 strikeouts came with no walks. 
Yeah, that's what really I mean, stuck out to me too. Think, think, think about that. You know, most high strikeout pitchers end up throwing a lot of walks because there's there's a certain amount of deception, a certain amount of mind game in it. You know, you want to try and get people to chase, so you got to throw out of the zone. And you know, major league hitters are major, major league hitters; they're not going to bite every time. They have they have good knowledge of the strike zone. They can see where that pitch is going. Uh, so a, a lot of high strikeout guys are also moderately high walk guys. Twenty strikeouts and zero Ks. Good heavens! You know, we we think a ratio of four or five one strikeouts to to walks is is extraordinary. Uh, this this is this is an outlier. Sure, this is a really good night, but this is. Uh, this is a pattern that uh, Max certainly established to a great degree last season, and he's had his struggles earlier this season. But if, if he's turned a corner here and, and gotten himself back into the groove, holy cow. Uh, set your DVR for every one of his pitching appearances as well as every one of Harper's at-bats and Murphy's at-bats. But just, just watch all the NAS games. In addition to Kerry Wood congratulating him after the game, uh, Dave Cameron from Fangraphs sent out a tweet. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this. If you're wondering how nerdy stats, if you're wondering how nerdy stats handle outlier games like 20K performances, Max Scherzer had a point, a negative 0.14 exit tonight. Yes, negative, which is kind of unbelievable. I don't know how that works. Yeah, he was awarded a meritorious up. run. <laughs> On the mound against Scherzer tonight, uh, old friend of ours, Jordan Zimmerman, back in the nation's capital for his first start after signing a five-year, $110 million deal with the Tigers this winter. Five and one in six starts, a 1-1-0 ERA, 309 fifth, eight walks, 25 Ks, 224, 262, 301 line against in 41 innings before tonight. Uh, down one nothing early, an RBI single by Daniel Murphy. Uh, RBI single again in the sixth by Murphy, 2-1 to one at that point, up to 98 pitches after a 30-pitch six. Gives up a home run by SB, who clears the Geico wall out in uh, right, uh, well, center, essentially, in Nationals Park. But good to see Jordan Zimmerman back there. Max Scherzer said it was also part of the challenge out there when you go out and pitch against Zimmerman when he's throwing such a good game. Seven innings, seven hits, three runs, three walks, three Ks. Kind of gets overshadowed, but it was nice to see Jordan Zimmerman back. The crowd gave him a really nice ovation in his first at-bat, too. He stepped out, uh, tipped the cap for the crowd. It really a great moment in there on the night of a, many great moments. No, I, I thought that was a, a great acknowledgement, both both of the, the, the fans for Jordan and, and Jordan showing his appreciation of, of the fans remembering him and, and you know, the, the, the good memories that he's had uh, here at Nats Park. And uh, and then he struck out. So that, that was that was even better. Um, you know, not, not, not to be mean-spirited or anything, but, you know, he, he wears the wrong uniform now, you know, much as I still like him as a guy. And, and I hope he has every success in the next series. That old English D is nothing. That old English D is nothing compared to the curly W. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, a, a, a really great evening, uh, and, it, and it's interesting to think of uh, uh, Jordan Zimmerman when he first came up be, before his Tommy John surgery, sort of as Max Scherzer light, because he was a guy who was a high strikeout pitcher but had problems with hard contact. You know, I, I can remember his first two starts. Uh, he, he had some, some real problems with giving up home runs uh, as sort of an extreme fly ball pitcher. And when he came back from Tommy John, 
he, he reinvented himself to a degree as a contact manager. He talked about being a, a pitch-to-contact guy, even though he, he had the high strikeout stuff. And for the most part, he had the extremely low walk stuff, which is you know, really the desirable part of that. But uh, here tonight we saw it demonstrated very starkly the superiority of P2K. Or as uh, one of the commenters on, uh, on, on one of the post-game threads put it, P20K. <laughs> That's good. Uh, we should, I guess we should talk about the offense because there was a little bit of it tonight. Uh, Dusty Baker flipped uh, Daniel Murphy and Ryan Zimmerman, put Daniel Murphy behind Bryce Harper for tonight. He talked about before the game about how you know he's doing it now, even though Zimmerman hit the two home runs last night. But the, the you know, conspiracy-minded among us will say that he took a good opportunity to do so. But he said before the game that they are facing a right-hander in Jordan Zimmerman, who tends to go late, uh, long in games. So you didn't really have to worry about stacking lefties like they did. He's not sure how long he's going to stick with it, but he flipped them tonight. Daniel Murphy came through twice with the runners on after they put Bryce Harper on uh, three for four in the night, two of the RBIs for two of the three runs they scored. He started the night with 17 multi-hit games in his first 32 games. Now has 18 in his first 33. Started the majors night leading the majors with a 390, 398 average. That's up to 409 after three hits tonight. Uh, what do you think about Dusty Baker actually making that move in the lineup and are you worried about the lefties? We, we kind of talked about this before the game when we were hanging out, that right now Murphy and Harper are both hitting lefties to the point where maybe you don't have to worry about that as much, uh, even though it might be tougher with some of the elite lefties in the back end of the bullpen going forward if you stack your lefties like that. Well, you know, the, Detroit doesn't have the, the best bullpen in baseball right now, but they put their lefty guy up in the eighth to face Rendon, Harper, and Murphy. He uh, struck out Rendon and gave up a single and a double to Harper and Murphy. So what do you you want to say? They're hitting everyone right now. So put them together. You know, I'm sure that the the Nats will come up against a bullpen that has that elite, really good loogie who who might give them some trouble. But I I think that's an outlier. You know, you, you can certainly make, make that argument, but come on. You're going to find uh, relief aces on other teams that will give everyone trouble, not just the lefties. And, right. all right, you're making it a little, a little easier to play the matchups with two lefties in a row, but how many places are there in the lineup where you have two righties in a row? And if you're looking at the high-leverage situations, you know, it, he still has to face two good hitters and get them out. There's just as much pressure on that elite lefty is as there is on the on the batters facing him. And if I'm going to put anyone up against a lefty in this lineup, I want it to be Harper or Murphy. I can't think of a righty I'd rather have against that elite lefty right now. You should note that uh, Ryan Zimmerman also one for two with two walks tonight after two home runs last night, so he's clearly seeing the ball pretty well. And before we wrap up here, I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on the suspension, one-game suspension handed down and an undisclosed fine for Bryce Harper. The uh, press release on it said pretty much that it was for his on-field actions after the ejection, so basically for coming back on the field and getting caught on there, throwing some expletives towards the umpire who ejected him. So. He's going to appeal that. Uh, I have a feeling if he doesn't appeal it, if it doesn't go quickly, they might just sit him for one of those two games on Friday, uh, Saturday against the Marlins, a doubleheader to make up the rainout game. But 
was it a deserved suspension? Do you think is this uh, kind of ridiculous at this point? Or Bryce Harper kind of deserve got, get what he deserved here? One game isn't too much, even though you'd like to see him in the lineup every day. Well, according to the internet conspiracy theorists, the referees already got their uh, revenge on the double play call. But okay, letter of the law, he came back on the field before the game was over, so he violated being tossed out of the game. Fine, give him the fine or the suspension or whatever. This this is just like the new double play rule. You have to wait for the middle infielder to throw before you crash into him and utterly destroy him. So wait for Robinson to cross the plate. Then you can come out and yell whatever you want at the umpire. It's it's, it's the same theory. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the letter of the law is on this one and what they're getting him for, but it's funny that that uh, for about forty five well a couple hours at least was the big story of the day until Max Scherzer just completely blew that one out of the water with his twenty k performance and we'll end on that note. Strikeouts are sexy. Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Day off tomorrow, actually, so we won't see anything tomorrow. But Friday night, back at it with the Marlins. Nationals look to keep the winning up. Two or three from the Tigers. Uh, really great night at Nationals Park. I know you were there. I was there. Glad I came down. It ended up being quite a uh, quite a fun trip here. Steven Strasburg signing long-term, shocking little baseball world. And Max Scherzer tying MLB record for K's in a game. A great night at the park. And talk to you Friday night, sir. Go Nats.